And I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love. This is your host, Kristen. And today I have a great and playful conversation with a quirky, uplifting, and funny poet. We talk about listening to your soul and freeing yourself from the things that don't serve you and then stepping into your purpose and starting, you know, a business around your calling. It is such a great and like I said, playful, joyful conversation. I think you will really enjoy it. So take a listen. Hi. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Sabrina Gaffney. She's a quirky, irreverent, uplifting, and funny poet on Instagram. In addition to putting her unique stamp on poetry, she's also created a brand around it called Bullabaloo Poetry with fart haiku bathroom posters, poetic motivational mugs, reminding you to be who the F you are, and shirts with poems about things like kindness and being a strong woman. Sabrina is living the fun, creative life she's always dreamed of. Welcome, Sabrina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today because I love that you really are you know, you're not trying to go after a certain path. You're just following your own path and your intuition and just the things you love, you know, in this creative life. So I think it's going to be such a great conversation. Can you first start off by telling us a little bit about your background and your story and how you got into all this? Absolutely. So um, I spent about 11 years being a copywriter because that was the most practical thing I could think of doing with my writing talent. And I really wanted to be practical. So I worked for major brands and New York Times bestselling authors, but I never really made the kind of money I set out to make, uh, likely because it wasn't aligned with my true calling. And when someone asked me what the biggest lie was I'd ever said out loud, I immediately said, it's I love copywriting. So thankfully, about four years ago, I started seeking mentors and coaches. And one of my mentors, Alexandra Grozinski, was emphatic about listening to your soul and doing what it says. She advocated for living a life of tens, where you basically do the things you deem to be a 10 and you don't settle. That as you know, requires a lot of bravery and it requires rewiring because we're taught to listen to everyone else. And there are a lot of opinions out there, not to mention online courses on how to make things happen, on how to live this amazing life. But nonetheless, I started doing the work to free myself from all the stuff that didn't serve me. And I started living a life where I asked myself what I wanted, even things as simple as what do you want to wear today? I stopped second guessing what I was hearing. I'd asked myself where I wanted to go and whatever popped up, whether it was to the beach or a boutique shop or somewhere else, totally random. That's what I would do. And I started to pay attention to how my body reacted to things. I started to notice when I wasn't speaking my truth. And through doing this, I started realizing that I wasn't really living a life in alignment with who I am, that I had suffered years of depression because I had ignored what my soul was saying. 
a lot of people think of depression as a chemical imbalance, which is true. But I realized that in my life, it had functioned more like a compass. It had been telling me over and over again that I was off course. Uh, but thankfully, because I committed to listening to myself, Hula Baloo poetry started to come into fruition. After many years of ignoring my true calling, which is clearly a lady who writes poems about chickens, middle fingers, and farts, <laughs> I realized that doing things in my own unique fun way was imperative. So I created an account on Instagram and I started putting my poems out there unapologetically. But I didn't fully lean into it right away. I was afraid. And of course, COVID happened. So it got kind of put on hold for a bit. But ultimately, I decided that I didn't want to live in fear anymore and that I was truly ready to commit to living the creative life I was meant to. And so I started showing up bigger. I started creating these fun products that make me freaking happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm leaning into my joy. And that feels fucking amazing. And I believe that's how life is meant to be. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. Well, before I dig into sort of how you even realize you like poetry, I will just note a few things about what you said. One, you know, I love what you said. I love how you put it in the context because I think everyone struggles with you know, our whole lives, we're hearing these messages. We're being told that we have to take a certain path and we have to be practical. And it has to be about like, how much money will you make instead of what do I truly, what truly brings me joy? What do I truly want to do? Right? Like what were we sort of made to do? And so I love that how you presented that information and in, in sort of that journey that you took. And then also, I just think that it's just so cool. Like that is how it happens with most people, right? Like you, you kind of put it out there just a little bit and then you finally said like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to put it out. I'm not going to be afraid of what people think because this is what I want to do. And I'm guessing from that, you, you continue to get more, um, the right people kind of interested in following that, you know, that journey of your hula baloo poetry. So I just, I love it. I think that's so great. Yes. So I can't remember who said it, but I was reading this article about this lady who said, when you make something from like a place of joy, the right people show up. So I love what you just said. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay. So tell us, did you always like, I mean, when you were little, did you like poetry or how did you get into poetry and decide like this was your thing? So I first started writing poetry when I was 13 and I'm not going to lie. It was probably one of the worst times of my life. Um, my dad was suffering from depression. My mom was going through early menopause and I was being heavily made fun of at school and I didn't really have very many friends, but thankfully my English teacher made us write in a journal every day during class. So I started writing poetry and short stories and I use them as a sort of escape. When I look back at that period of my life, all I could see was the darkness of it. But recently, I started to realize that there was actually quite a bit of light there, that that part of my life was really a total blessing because that's where I found my gift. And it's interesting because my step-grandfather died about four years ago. And a year after he died, around the time I had started Hula Baloo, his daughter sent my parents a poem I had written when I was 13 about a mermaid hanging out on a rock under the moonlight. 
And he had saved the poem in a bag to preserve it over time. That's how important he felt that it was. And I don't remember writing it or even giving it to him. But when I read it, I knew it was mine. When I held it in my hands, I cried because it was a reminder of who I am and who I'm here to be. And that love is found in my truth. Oh, so good. I love that. And I didn't even mention this to you before. And uh, But actually, when I was about the same age, I actually still have two journals of poetry I wrote, which I've never shared with anyone yet. yet. But my point is, is so I sort of have some of those similar sprinkles in my story as well, um, you know, and started some writing projects, but those are sort of still in progress. So I just, I think that's really cool because to your point, I just found myself kind of writing words on paper, right? And, but they were in poem form. So I love, I love that. And I love the coming back, you know, to yourself journey, because I think we all, most of us were not fortunate enough to kind of stay on that path that maybe we had those inklings when we were young. You know, most of us kind of get pulled, you know, towards other things for some period of time. And for you, I know then you then pursued this copywriting. So what about that? Like what happened between um, the poetry when you were 13, stepping into being a copywriter, you know, and then getting back to poetry? Like what did that journey look like? Yeah. So it's interesting because I believe your soul's calling is always trying to send you messages. And I was getting them loud and clear, but I wasn't listening. When I was on the verge of graduating from college, I had to take a music and literature class. It was required. So I picked a class totally at random. My professor was Fred Moten. And Fred made up a class all about Fela Kuti because he could. Fela, for those listeners who don't know, was a Nigerian singer, songwriter, and political activist. Uh, he was the pioneer of Afrobeat. He founded a commune which declared itself independent from military rule. His joints put Bob Marley's to shame. He had 36 backup singers, all of which were his wives. Uh, dude just decided what he wanted to do, and he did it. So Fred would constantly ask us, what do you want to do? It was very much a question in the spirit of Fela. And all I could come up with was, I'd like to have class at the school pub. Because, you know, I was in my 20s and I was like, I'm all about beer. <laughs> so the question gave me anxiety. Um, I was about to graduate. And like most graduates, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Or at least that's what I was telling myself. So for the final project, Fred said it could be anything. It just had to be badass. So yeah. I wrote a poem about Ayla. And Fred said it made him happy and he gave me an A. But I didn't really write much poetry after that. It took me a long time to come back to it. And in retrospect, it dawned on me that the question, what do you want to do, didn't give me anxiety because I didn't know. It gave me anxiety because I didn't think what I wanted to do was an option. I didn't think I could have it. I had bought into the story um, that artists are starving and mentally unsound. But thankfully, after a lot of guidance and reflection, I finally went into a bookstore to reconnect with poetry. And I asked the lady who was working there, do you have any poetry that isn't a total bummer? <laughs> the answer was no, 
And so I set out to create the kind of poetry I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. But I would say that more profoundly, I started writing what I wanted to write. And then over time, I realized that I wanted to be more than just a poet, that I wanted to create something bigger. Mm -hmm. So I got the nerve to take a risk and I started creating fun, funny, and uplifting apparel and home decor products around my poems. And I am working on the book too, but I'm still figuring out what I want to do with it and how I want to put it out into the world. And once I figure that out, I will do that. So it feels effing good to live life like this, to channel my inner Fela, to be free. And in my mind, that means I've already reached success. And an interesting thing is that a few years ago, I saw an article about Fred Moten and how he's a prolific poet in The New Yorker. And I made the connection that landing on his seemingly bullshit class was not a coincidence. And that I was being called early on to show up as I am and to do what I'm here to do. And so I say better late than never. I actually think uh, most people, I'd say majority of people actually go away. Like I started saying before, we start going away from who we really started out as, you know, just for so many reasons. And because also I don't think our school systems or most of them encourage our creative selves, our true selves. They want us to fit into a desk that aligns in a room that we're quiet and less called on. And so I think that your story is, while it's your own unique story, I do think most of us align with this. You know, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I've been on this path and worked in tech. And while I'm very good at that, I know that wasn't my calling, right? Mine was encouragement through writing, speaking, whatever it might be, you know, it's to uplift people. And so I love you know, how you're sharing it. I love how you said, like, now you can see sort of that class, you know, wasn't by accident, you know, it sort of was like one more indicator, if you will, sort towards these, I guess, a signal, right, towards kind of like, hold on. Um, So no, I think it's just so good. And I think so many people start seeking, you know, like, hold on, this job is okay, and it pays the bills. But right, there's all these buts. And I love that you talked earlier about how does your body feel? Because I think a lot of us, the reason that we are, we feel uneasy. We, we don't feel like we're actually part or in our bodies. We feel anxiety or depression or whatever it might be. It's because you're right. We're not aligned with our own selves. You know, we're just trying to fit in with what some, we believe someone's telling us we need to do. So I think that's really important for people to pay attention to. So I know, so Basically, though, you're saying, you know, we should listen to ourselves. We should listen to our, what's our soul? What's the messages we're feeling and kind of, you know, the whispers we're hearing. And then we actually have to do something about it. So what would you say about that? What would, how would you encourage people in listening to themselves and then taking that action? Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to read a poem first and then I will answer that question. Does that work? Okay. Okay. So it's funny because when you hear more of my poetry later, you'll be like, is this really the same poet? (laughs) Because this is one of my more thoughtful, serious poems and it doesn't have any cuss words. Um, So it's called That Spark. Grab that spark. You know, the one from your soul. Grip it firmly. Use it to make more sparks. Life moves fast. The years come on like flickers of light, giving way to the dark. The stories speed on by too, 
quickly moving farther and farther away from your memory. And that spark, it may keep popping up over the years because it wants to make magic for you so badly. But if you ignore it enough, it too, like everything else, will fall into nothingness. And you're not here for nothing. Mm, I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Okay. So some tips on going after your creative dreams. So my number one tip is to listen to yourself and really honor what's coming up, even if it sounds ridiculous or feels uncomfortable. In fact, especially if it sounds ridiculous or feels uncomfortable. Uh, This can be done by meditating or just sitting and getting quiet or taking a walk or for me, taking a bath. I get some of my most brilliant ideas in there. But it's about making time for that and making it a daily practice. I think it's really important to remember that no one else holds the blueprint to your life. You are the designer. And that's scary sometimes because there are no directions. You have to figure it out. But I think that's also the absolute beauty of it because it gets to be everything you want. I think coaches are great, don't get me wrong, but I think it's important to give weight and reverence to that inner coach because the thing is, there's a profound amount of wisdom within us. Mm -hmm. We know what to do. My second tip is very simple. Lean all the way into what brings you joy. Embrace it wholeheartedly. When you do that, you make it bigger than your fear. My last tip, which kind of piggybacks on my second tip, is don't hold back. I've noticed that when I hold back, life holds back. When I'm fully and unapologetically myself, things start to open up. I think what I can distill it all down to is choosing love over fear, um, or maybe being afraid and doing it anyways. Mm -hmm. So if you are okay with it, I'd love to read some more poems. Does that work for you? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay, great. So this first one is called Middle Finger Dance. I've made a decision. Each day I will dance with my middle finger staunchly swinging about in the air. I will smile and twirl about. And once I'm certain that I give less fucks about what other people think, that I am, in fact, only listening to my elevated self, I will stop, sit, and rest. So this next one is called Farts and it's a haiku. And it's funny because I have this, I saw it on a poster and a mug and it's actually my bestseller, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So ebullient outpour, the derriere's rebel yell awakens the nose. Your own personal metronome. Own your rhythms and rhymes and keep in sync with your own damn time. This one is called Say It With Me Now, and I always encourage people to say it with me. The truth is, I'm fucking magnificent, no matter what, since I made of stardust and all. This next one is Wayne, a haiku. Naming a bulldog. All bulldogs should be named Wayne. End of discussion. Pretty impess. The wings of a housefly are ethereal, like a gas-worthy gasoline spill. 
iridescent colors melding and morphing, a pigeon's neck, pink and puissant, then totally teal with each bob of the head. When a possum flashes his menagerie of sharp teeth in the moonlight, it's hard to deny the magnificence. You see, pests can be pretty too. So this one is my pithiest poem and it's probably one of my favorites. Dear Prudence, practicality can piss on your soul. Weird is good. If you feel a bit outlandish, like an outcast, that means one thing. The creative gods have looked kindly upon you, that rather than a ho-hum existence, you're meant for something extraordinary. Grab your gifts graciously, step up, and make some damn magic already. So I have one more poem to leave you with. If I have any message to share, be who the fuck you are. Don't bend, don't waver, don't settle. That is all. All right, beautiful and just, yeah, entertaining and, and lovely. So thank you so much for sharing those poems with us and the haikus. And I would just uh, say to people, you know, I think it's not easy because we want to play it safe. We've been conditioned to worry about what people think and we've been conditioned to all these things. But once again, you know, as you've kind of talked about, if we would stop listening to all the messages around us and really start listening to ourselves, like you said, even just for a minute and the more minutes we do it, you know, does this feel good to me? It does this bring me joy? Does this make me happy? Do I feel this urge to write, you know, doodle or write something or go and have a conversation with somebody, whatever it is. But I think we feel like it has to be this big decision, this big shift, right? Like, oh, I want to go do photography, but I have to make a decision to be a photographer. But I think what I would say to people is we don't, you know, it's just little tiny changes that shift, like you said, in mindset shift in listening to ourselves and allowing ourselves to have that minute and then more moments and then more hours of that joy in that um, unlearning, right? I know some people say that we're kind of unlearning all the things we learned that aren't really who we are. And so I would just say, I love that you were able to do that, right? To peel back all the layers of life and practicality and then find who you were truly meant to be in the world. And I just think that's just beautiful and lovely. So I'm so happy you were here to share your beautiful poetry and journey with us today. How can people connect with you online and follow you on Instagram and all those good things? Yeah. Um, so my handle on Instagram is at hulabaloo poetry and my website is hulabaloopoetry.com. Fantastic. That is amazing. And um, any last other things, um, tips or resources you want to leave people with or just to, just to say goodbye? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been really awesome to hear you reflect everything back to me. And I've just been like, whoa, like I so feel that. So awesome. Thank you oh, so I much. It. I love it. And I think it's what I love too is, of course, I talked to, you know, many creative entrepreneurs and actually my mom, I was going to mention this earlier in the podcast. She's in her late seventies and she's an artist. She's a sculptor. She's a painter. And she's, you know, I've even written a, I don't know if it's a poem or a little paragraph about her before, but I call her the biggest kid I know, right? Which is like the luckiest thing in the world to still be your, you know, the biggest kid. And so, but what I love is that people like you and like her, right, are the people that 
are finding their spark and their joy. And I just want to encourage people like not to be afraid, like you said, and just to, just to kind of lean into it just a little bit more. And if we do it a little bit at a time, we'll start recognizing and actually wanting to live in that space. So thank you again for being with us. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I just love the conversation I had with Sabrina today. I love that we talked about listening to your soul, to freeing yourself from the things that don't serve us anymore, and to really listening to what do we really want in this moment and in this day, and what do we want to do? Leaning into our joy and starting to notice when we are hearing our own truth or when we are listening to the, the, what the world has told us, the messages. And I just want to leave you with a poem by one of my favorite poets, Victoria Erickson, in her, in her book of poems, Edge of Wonder. She says this, stop saying you don't know. You already know the truth. It rests inside your bones like an anchor. It whispers when you soften. It tugs at your weary soul. Create more confidence to pursue what's wild. Light a match. Stir the flame. Tie a rope around the dream that's true. You see... You've known all along what you actually want to do. You do know. You will know the real you. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Kristen Fitch. And let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you. 